Pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Got a fun show for you today. I want to talk about some Blazers news. We got updates on CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic's health straight from the team. Got some Damian Lord All-Star news. I want to the Blazers season is is halfway done. We're at the halfway point as I'm recording this. The Blazers just beat the Kings in the second segment. I want to talk a little bit about just looking back at the first half, what we know about this team to date. They're 21 and 14. What have we learned? And then in the third segment, we'll have a mini special delivery mailbag. Uh, to answer some of your questions that spilled over from our weekly mailbag show that I post, that I record on Monday evenings. But let's start with the news because we got some. The Blazers announced on Thursday that C.J. McCollum has been cleared to return to full contact practice. If you listen to the episode that posted yesterday, you will note that I kind of speculated that C.J. was very likely to be back you know, immediately after the break or shortly thereafter. But if he's been cleared for contact practice today on March 4th, as I'm recording this, you're listening to this on March 5th or after, uh, then he's going to be, he'll be ready. Like if he's, we're talking, you know, six full days, seven full days uh, to, to, to have real contact to play basketball. Like the Blazers aren't going to practice over the next few days. Uh, they, they return to the court a week from today on, on, uh, Thursday, March 11th, they host the Suns, the first game back after the break. So uh, you would assume the Blazers get a long weekend off, and then they will return. I would assume they would return Monday evening to practice, but it wouldn't be surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if, if they only practice Tuesday and Wednesday, just two days of uh, actual practice. But CJ is cleared to play. He'll if he's cleared to be in contact practices, unless he has a setback, he is going to be available when they play the Suns on March 11th. So that's, that is legitimately very good news. And it, it's really good news. And we'll talk about this more in the second segment because the Blazers, you know, we talked about this a bunch. They just got to tread water. They got to tre- just, you know, keep their heads above water without uh, CJ and Nurk in the lineup. And they're way ahead of that schedule. They have, they have, you know, whatever by, by hook or by crook, they have, uh, they have, Taking some taking some games that maybe they should have lost, but you don't have to give them back. Um, you bank those wins, you get to keep them for the second half of the season. They're twenty one and fourteen, and they're getting their second best player back in the lineup almost assuredly. The Blazers haven't announced it, but I'm reading the tea leaves, y'all. CJ's going to be there. Yusuf Nurkic update two, uh, kind of a update, just like a formal update with no information. In it. The Blazers, the the quote is that he is progressing. Um, who knows what that means? What I know is my man Yusuf Nurkic is wearing sharp, sharp jumpsuits on the bench. Last two nights he's been rocking the full, uh, full matching jumpsuit. Tonight was kind of like a, a mint green. Shout out to shout out to Nurk's sartorial choices. I'll miss those when he's in uniform. Um, but Nurk's going to be reevaluated more than I got caught up talking about his clothes. I forgot about the actual news. Nurk's going to be reevaluated uh, after it, it, they say next week. So I assume this will be when they're back right before the, the game start, and we should get another, I will assume we'll get another update. I mean, at least we'll get a formal, formal injury report, but I assume we'll get some some uh, other kind of nonsense update from the team next week uh, about Nurk's availability. If, if he's not cleared for practice the way CJ is, he's at least behind CJ. Um, it doesn't sound like, uh, timeline-wise, it wouldn't, I don't think Nurk is like the end of March, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's like a full week um, a full week behind CJ. So if he's if he's the third week of March, that that to me that checks out right in, right in the range that he could be a full week behind. Uh, obviously, it's a shooting hand, uh, so it's it, it uh, he's going to need it. 
Let's just put it like that. The other bit of Blazers news today that came out today is that Damian Lillard is on Team LeBron for the All-Star Game. Y'all probably know how I feel about the All-Star Game. But, uh, you know, it came out. We got we got, we got got All-Star teams announced. Damian Lillard joins a comically stacked Team LeBron. With his first pick, LeBron took Giannis Antetokounmpo. He followed that up with Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and Nikola Jokic, and then took... Damian Lillard as his sixth man, along with Ben Simmons, Chris Paul, Jalen Brown, and then Paul George, and Demontis Sabonis, and Rudy Gobert. What was Kevin Durant doing? Like, what what was he doing? He got Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, his teammate, that makes sense, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Brad Beal, and then his sixth man choice was his another one of his teammates in James Harden. I just uh LeBron's LeBron's team is like the most stacked all-star team I've ever seen. Uh Kevin Durant's team is like a normal very talented all-star team like it's the, the teams are typically very good, but LeBron's is um the best collection of talent I've ever seen on one roster. It's truly truly hilarious. Um also most the most hilarious thing is that the both Utah Jazz players, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, were picked last. That's just funny. Like, <laughs> poor Jazz. They're the best team in the NBA. They're having this incredible season. And even their peers think that they're, um, like, just kind of okay. I don't know if that's what that means. But it... But, um, it was it was real it was truly a comical classic classic nba moment where sometimes the drama outshines the play on the court there's not really much in beyond just like here's the all-star teams and whatever there's not much in it with with dame selection to team lebron um you know i, I guess he's going to be on the team that wins which could help him um for my money the team that wins which could help him win mvp if that's a thing you're into um of note, I guess LeBron has had three t- times where he's been a captain under this new system where they where they're captains, and he has picked Damian Lillard all three times. Um, cool. <laughs> uh, it's obviously there's a there's a mutual respect there, um, but it's you know it's the All Star Game. It's uh, these these rosters might be somewhat already determined ahead of time. It's hard to say exactly how it works. But if you assume LeBron is like truly playing GM, boy howdy did he kick Kevin Durant's ass. That's a payback for the 2018 NBA Finals, I guess. So yeah, Damian Lord, All-Star Saturday night. You can catch him. He's not going to do the three-point contest. I don't think I mentioned that on this podcast, but he has he's declined to, he's withdrawn from the three-point contest and he's just going to play in the All-Star game and he's going to be on Team LeBron. So make sure you check that out. Let's talk about real basketball though. In the second segment, let's talk about the Blazers' first half of 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 the season. They beat the Kings tonight. Dame was fantastic. 44 points, 15 in the fourth quarter. Just a just a dominant performance. We had a Barbara Walters game from Ennis Cantor with 20 and 20. Um, I don't want to talk too much about the Kings. I want to talk about the first half as a whole because we're at that part of the season where it's where it's it's time to look back and zoom out. And y'all know I love zooming out. My favorite thing to do is look down from 30,000 feet. The granular recap is not my wheelhouse. This sort of big picture stuff is where I excel. So let's 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 hit the high notes. That's what we'll do in the second segment. But before we get there, let's talk about bet online. Y'all know bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It's NBA games and NHL games every night. College basketball is about to hit the NCAA tournament. And if you're not into that, BetOnline also covers awards and television shows. Like, you want to bet on reality TV, The Bachelor? You can do that on BetOnline. 
There's real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds you could possibly want. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website, betonline.ag. Sign up today while using the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is LOCKEDON, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You know what, Lockdown Blazers, we got you covered for all things Portland basketball. But you might be asking, Mike, what about the rest of the sports news? And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to worry about that because at the Locked On Podcast Network, we got you covered there as well with the new Locked On Today podcast. Hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you already get podcasts. All right, we talked Blazers news. CJ coming back after the break. Nurk going to be reevaluated right before they return from the All-Star break. Damian Lillard playing for Team LeBron. Those are the headlines. That's if you were if you were looking for your Blazer headlines, you got them in your first 5 minutes of the show. Now let's talk about the whole season. Blazers are 21 and 14. They've won 3 straight games. I talked about it on last week's show or uh, excuse me, on Sunday's show post on Monday morning is that this was the week to take care of business. They had three games, three winnable games against uh, two sub-500 teams and the Golden State Warriors. They won them all. They took care of business. They kind of erased that bad taste of a, of a three-game losing streak and put themselves in fifth place in the Western Conference. Let me say that for you one more time. They're 21-14 and 14 in fifth place of the Western Conference, riding a three-game winning streak. If I had told you this, kind of regardless... I'd say they're, you know, they're a game and a half out of fourth. They're two games out of third. You know, they're they're within striking distance of the second place Phoenix Suns, just three games back heading into the second half of the season. You'd probably take it. I think you'd take it. You know, maybe you'd nitpick a little bit and say, hey, here and there, they, you know, they didn't get it done, but but you know, fifth isn't the worst place to be. You'd rather them be in that in that top four. And I'd say, yeah, you're right. But in context, not having CJ McCollum not having Yusuf Nurkic, like they, they're in, they're in the position I thought they'd be in if the roster was whole. Except the roster hasn't been whole and hasn't really been that particularly close to whole. Right? They are thirteen and nine without you, without Yusuf and CJ in the lineup. That is right when. Uh, CJ sustained his injury and we realized that both him and Yusuf were going to be out for an extended period of time. It was just, you know, the, the sort of what I said on this podcast is you want them to tread water. You want them to be, you know, stick right around 500 and then be able to make a second half surge. And they did more than that. They went, they went 13 and nine, right? I thought they, you know, I thought if they were 11 and 11 without him, I'd say awesome. You know what? It's, it's not, you know, they're not, they've got work to do in the second half, but they, they did what they needed to do, which is kind of hold down the fort, but they've been so much better than that. You know, it's their profile is not exactly that of a really good team. What their profile is, is of a team that wins close games. They've played they're they're 21 to 14. They've played 35 games. And in those 35 games, 19 of them have been within five points in the final five minutes. And the Blazers are an absolutely absurd 14 and five in those games. They just, they get into close games and they find ways to win because they have Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr. 
And certainly the role players have stepped up. Uh, Ennis Cantor against the Kings was absolutely fantastic. He, he, the dude went Barbara Walters. He had a 20-20 game. Uh, he was really good down the stretch. He had one late defensive gaffe, and then it, he kind of clicked for him. He let Buddy Heald step into a three. The next couple trips down after that, after he made a, a nice little deflection in the paint, he stopped a Buddy Heald three and then had two other strips in the paint, uh, important defensive rebounds. Like, dude had 22 and 21 and and was 11 of 15 from the floor. He's just so, He was just so good. Um the other role players have have really stepped into their own. Covington and Derek Jones Jr., while they're a little bit inconsistent on offense and they're not world beaters on defense, they're competitive playmakers on defense who have absolutely settled into their role. They look better now than they did early in the season. That's undeniable. Whether they're kind of the answers to make this an elite team is another question, but they look they look more comfortable out on the court. Carmelo Anthony has the moments where he turns back the clock and looks special. He had 16 off the bench against the Kings, a third straight game in double figures. He's been awesome this week, 29 against Charlotte, 22 in a, in a really game-saving performance against the Warriors, and then 16 tonight. He just, Carmelo is flawed and stubborn and deliberate, but he can go get a bucket still, and there are mismatches when that is really, really, really valuable. Uh, Nazir Little has has shown that he can be an NBA contributor. I don't know how much he's going to play in the second half of the season when the roster is whole, but I know that I'm going to want him to play more than he does most likely. He deserves more playing time. He's a contributor who can help. He still gets a little bit lost um, defensively. I mean, he's not quite there yet. You can tell he's processing stuff when you watch him. And on offense, he... He's turned into his profile is now that he's like a knockdown shooter. He's he's a, he's shooting above sixty percent from three on catch and shoot opportunities. Like if his feet set, it's it feels like it's going in. Uh, he's an elite catch and shoot player somehow. I don't know where this came from. He shot below thirty percent, and and Carolina shot below thirty percent from three his rookie season. It's he's. He really worked on his game, and it's shown. Uh, Anthony Simons, he's probably he probably still hasn't taken that step you want. He has flashes, but he's he he had a pretty he had a pretty rough close to the to the first half of the season. Quite honestly, uh, he's he hasn't scored in double figures in a while. Um, the last game he had in double figures was on February sixteenth. So we're looking at eight consecutive games for Ant without scoring in double figures. He just you know he he he's not all bad. You know I don't mean to say that, and and he's he's he also has has really uh, become a reliable. He's his spot up shooting numbers are incredible. It's just he doesn't do a lot else, and the Blazers kind of need him to have a little more juice, and he do, he doesn't have that right now. Uh, that backup ball handling ball handling duties that he was supposed to sort of be the guy. He really hasn't. He's not capable of doing it, and so then they've turned it over to Rodney Hood to be to be an offensive initiator with the second unit, and Rodney Hood just looks like a dude who ha- who is not fully back from a brutal injury. Some guys don't come back from Achilles injuries. There are stories, there are more and more increasingly stories of, of guys who do, like Ruby Gay, uh, Wes Matthews. But there, people don't. Uh, I should throw Kevin Durant's name in there too while we're at it. Joe Johnson. Uh, but there are, you know, there are guys that don't. And maybe Rodney Hood needs a full year. You know, maybe he needs maybe he needs this year and then we'll talk about, you know, next year Rodney Hood will look like a good NBA player again. But he just doesn't look like that right now. He looks, he looks slow and he has, you know, you, if you watch the Blazer broadcast, you can you can tell that he's still recovering because when he shoots, Lamar Heard talks about his lift. Look at that lift. He's not talking about how anyone is getting off the floor to shoot a jump shot other than Rodney Hood.
That's a quick run down the roster. Um, other guys don't really play. Harry Giles has been a disappointment because he wasn't quite a positive contributor and then he got hurt. Um, but to, it's an incomplete. I'm not giving him a grade. Uh, Calgin Blevins, congratulations, you're in the league. CJ Ellaby had one really special moment against Philly, um, but he's a project. Like, it, he wasn't supposed to be a contributor this year, so there's no reason that, it, that we should expect him to be. Uh, the 15th roster spot that the Blazers refused to fill, that's pretty insulting. And the second two-way contract that they won't pick up, that person also gets an F. I um, guess we're giving those both to Neil, or maybe the Allen estate, hard to say. Probably the two-way spot goes to Neil. 15th roster spot we'll put on the Allen estate. They can share the blame. But like I said, the Blazers don't exactly, they profile as a team that wins close games. They're sitting here at, at 21 and 14, fifth in the West, a, a half game clear of the surging Denver Nuggets, and they've got a negative point differential, y'all. On the year they've been outscored. They're still one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. In fact, they're one of the historically bad defensive teams. Those numbers are a little bit distorted because uh, in the past, teams weren't hyper aware of efficiency and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, teams are skewing, offenses are skewing towards, you know, efficiency nowadays. But, but... Overall, the Blazers have a negative point differential. They have not been, they don't exactly look like a good team. Like, if you just look at them on paper, they've been outscored by 15 points on the season. They're a pretty good, they're a pretty darn good offensive team, right? They're a top 10 offense even without, uh, out being whole. They're 7th in the league in offense at the break. And that's in large part because Damian Lord is just an absolute freaking monster. You know what, y'all? I'm I'm looking, I'm glancing at my notes as I'm going through here, and I didn't hit Gary Trent Jr. in my player rundown. Gary Trent Jr. is a guy who's maybe been asked to do a little bit too much. He's kind of limped into the break a little bit too because I think he's he should be this tertiary scorer and like a really a spot up monster, and he's being asked to maybe carry a little more of the load and, and create more offense than he's really capable of. And I think it's kind of showed in the last couple games that he's just kind of hit a little bit of a a little bit of a wall in terms of what he's being asked to do. When CJ comes back and he can settle into a complimentary score, I think Gary Trent's gonna take off. He's still an elite shooter. His shooting numbers are really, really excellent. But uh it's been clear that he's been in a little mini shooting slump and he's just trying to do a little bit too much now to get himself out of it uh he's Gary Trent has proved himself to be a good NBA player this season the last couple weeks notwithstanding he's the dude is a contributor I think he could start on a lot of teams um it's just he can start on this one glad I didn't miss my Gary notes um I would have been I would have I would have gotten some tweets and some emails that I missed Gary in my in my uh player rundown but like I said, getting back to the sort of overall team numbers as I as I switch back to the other side of my notes, the Blazers are are a are a pretty darn good offensive team and a pretty darn bad defensive team. They're gonna they're gonna settle into 28th on defense. They basically haven't made any strides there. They're not the worst defensive team in the league. That's the Kings, who are far and away the worst defensive team in the league. But the Blazers have they're pretty far away from becoming, say, the 27th best te- defensive team in the league. The, the distance between the Blazers 28 and Wizards 27 is the same as between the Wizards and 27 the Wizards at 27 and the Boston Celtics at 16. Like it's a big it's a big gap. Um it's it's a big it's a sizable gap between the Blazers 
one of these bottom three truly bad defensive teams than everybody else. That doesn't mean they can't get back to everybody else. It just means they're, we're going to need to see some sort of sustained real defense once Nurkic gets back out on the court. And his canter just isn't a good defensive player. You play him a bunch of minutes and you rely on him the way you do. You you pair that with playing Damian Lillard a bunch of minutes and Rodney Hood a bunch of minutes and Carmelo Anthony a bunch of minutes and quite frankly, Gary Trent Jr. and Anthony Simons a bunch of minutes. It's You're going to be a bad defensive team. But they have, like I said, you don't have to give these wins back. If they profile as kind of a not very good team, they have a negative point differential. They're this horrific defense. They've won maybe a more more of their more close games than they deserve. They they don't have to give them back. No one's going to ask for these wins. They get to go into the All Star break twenty one and fourteen and celebrate it. This is the a better position than I could have imagined they would be in. So while I want to be a realist about what they are, they're a team that has overachieved and has probably stolen some wins. There, this is um, like I said, whether by whether by hook or by crook, this is they they've taken them, but they're they are where they are. You don't have to apologize for the games you win. You don't have to give them back, and they're in a position when they get healthy, get their good players back, get their most important defensive player back, get their second best basketball player back, and CJ McCollum that they can take off. They're they have traditionally been a good second half team. They have put themselves in a position to make a charge and get a this. This is a team that I thought was going to be in that sort of. 9, 10, 11 range when CJ and Nurk got back. Now it looks like they're going to be in the 4, 5, 6 range when CJ and Nurk get back. You know, 5 when CJ gets back, depending on when Nurk does. They'll be able to make a charge and make a push for home court advantage. The exact thing you wanted to set yourself up to do. You want to get home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs and take it from there. They weren't... They just weren't going to be one of the elite teams. Um, The Jazz are better than I thought they would be. I thought the two LA teams were going to be a tier above. They probably still are than the Blazers, right? I thought maybe Denver would be a tier above too. They're not. They're about the same level as the Blazers. They've had their own health problems. But I didn't I didn't think I thought maybe the Blazers ceiling was things break right and they finish second in the West. And right now, as I sit here today, if things break right, the Blazers could finish second in the West. I think that's pretty damn unlikely, but it's it is very, very it is within the realm. Like it is, um, it is certainly, it is, it is within the realm of possibility that th- that that happens for this group. And considering the injuries, considering what they've gone through, and and all these things, it's you got to take it. You got to celebrate what what this what this has meant because this has been a really fun first half. Damian Lillard has has really just provided a whole bunch of just joyful moments where he's stole. He's just said, "Get on my back." I'll carry us across the finish line. He's had some role players step up in big moments like Ennis did tonight, and they found ways to win. So now they get a week off, chance to recharge the batteries, get some dudes healthy, and and see what they can do in the final 37 games of the regular season. That is my 10 extremely fast minutes on, on 10 minutes on 35 games. And the... Third segment, I'm going to close out the show with a mini special edition mailbag. Uh, got a couple questions I'm, I'm going to answer uh, in the third segment that you sent, or you, you dear listeners, sent in earlier this week. So that's what we'll do in the third segment. Stick with me. We're going to talk a little bit about Carmelo Anthony and a little bit about who to bet on during All-Star Weekend. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Lasers. 
Can I recommend a podcast to you? This is a Lockdown Fantasy Basketball podcast. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. And more people trust Josh Lloyd, the host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than anyone else doing it out there. So make sure you subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast. That's Locked On Fantasy Basketball. You can find it wherever you already get podcasts. All right, we talked Blazers news. We we did the rundown of the first half of the season. Ten minutes on 35 games. Gave you the Blazers' first half profile and a look at everyone, every contributor on the roster thus far. What I want to do to close out the this particular episode is answer some questions from uh, what, what I'm calling special delivery mailbag. We do a mailbag show each week here on Locked on Blazers. I record on Monday nights and post it on Tuesday. It's known as uh, Mailbag Monday. It's gotten a little too big. We just have more questions. I want to make sure I get pretty much everyone's answered. So I've created a, the the second mailbag, which is typically its own standalone show. But because we don't have games next week, I'm going to push some sort of the more evergreen questions. Some people ask kind of like things, just they ask more evergreen questions, things that can always be, we can always discuss a little bit. Uh, I, I want to answer those questions on Monday because we m- I know how y'all do. If there are games, you might not be as locked into Mailbag Monday. I don't, if there's no games, I want to be able to, to, you know, zoom out, have a little fun with the mailbag. So if you don't hear a question here and you didn't hear it on Monday, chances are it'll be in the next show. If you emailed me, I'll holler at you on e- on your e- email and, and let you know that uh, it's coming. If you sent me a tweet, you're just going to have to trust me on this one. Actually, I'll just tell you, P- Oregon Meister and uh, Mal Nadi, you're in the show on Monday. Logan... Logan Giles, Thomas Cogswell, you're in the show on Monday. Ab Abaloke, Ab Billy Oak, man, you Tom in Texas, you know I wrote this down and now I'm gonna I'm pronouncing it wrong. And Jay Sassy, you are all in Monday show. You're not gonna be in this segment. You ask great questions. I want to get you in the show. We're just we're just gonna do it at another time. Folks that emailed me, I'll just respond to your emails and let you know that I that I pushed you back a little bit. I, I don't want you to give up on me and feel like I'm ignoring you. So, um, you know, you're getting the double shout out. I'm shouting you out, even telling you that you're not in the show. What we are going to do is answer a couple questions, though. Uh, this one, first one comes from Ian Armstrong at Strong Comedy on Twitter, who asks, If you were betting on a Blazers win to win one of the three contests in All-Star Weekend, which one would it be, and who do you think tries the hardest to win the respective competition? So Ian sent this question in when Dame was still in the three-point contest. He has since withdrawn, but we'll just push this and say Damian Lillard is MVP of the All-Star game, so we still have three here. So I think the best bet in the in All-Star Weekend is Anthony Simons' The Dunk Contest. Like, this is just if you're talking odds and you're talking winning money, uh, you know, sports betting is legal in Oregon. You can do it on your phone, uh, but it's uh, there's only three people in the field. There's only three. There's only three dunkers in the field. So uh, just by that alone, right? Like uh, Ant has a 33% chance of winning. Uh, none of the other dunkers are big names. Like if it was, if he was going up against someone like a previous. Um, you know, if there's Aaron Gordon or Derek Jones Jr. or someone who's a previous dunk contest winner in there, then I would say maybe it's it's a little less than 33%. But I think it's I think it's pretty much even. Like I don't think Cassius Stanley or Obi Toppin, two rookies, have a better chance than Anthony Simons to win it based on sort of like profile or, or like celebrity. So yeah, I'm saying Ant. Um, the 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 field for uh, 
the field for the skills competition is is a little bit bigger and it's really hard to say who will try in the skills competition like it's it's such a crapshoot and it really matters where you go like if you go first um, so there's it tends to be guys are pretty casual about like okay I'll just stroll along and then as, as contestants go people you know these are competitive folks they're like okay i'm gonna win so they'll run a little harder so if i knew where covington was gonna go like slated to compete then i'd have a better sense but if he goes later in the field and not first i really i, I like his chances um he seems like a guy who who wouldn't um to- like why would he go if he wasn't gonna try he like he's obviously he's being invited because he's the one in in, in many ways he's the one hbcu alum who's in the nba and this they're tying a bunch of all-star weekend um, stuff in, into supporting HBCUs, which is a cool thing they could do without having an all-star game. So I, I think if I had to rank them, Simons, Covington in the skills competition, then Dame is MVP. You know, if he's pulling out of the three-point contest, you know he's, um, for what, he, what according to Chris Haynes, for rest reasons, um, is what Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports reported. Uh, so you know that maybe he's not going to go all out in in uh, in the All Star game. Also, he's you know he's, he's coming off the bench, so it's he might not be in at the end of the game like he was last year when he was like maybe going to win MVP, and then um, they put James Harden back in, who was like not bad, <laughs> but um, and uh, so the sort of politics of it, I think make it a little bit harder for Dame. Also, he's really, he really has let a lot out this season. Um, energetically, he's obviously, we talked about the last episode, sort of the, uh, personal trauma he's gone through. I think there's a chance that Dame kind of coasts through this one. I think this could be a pretty laid back, um, all-star game, but he's also like one of the great shooters in the world. And if there's three pointers go in, he'll score a bunch of points and maybe he'll win MVP. So if I had to rank them, Simons, Covington, Dame. Those are my picks, Ian. Um, Be sure to hit up your local bookie to get my picks in and send me 2% of your winnings. Thank you. Okay, this next one comes from Brooke. And Brooke didn't send in a question. Brooke sent in a proposal to my fellow RIP citizens. And I'm reading here. Let's nip any negative mellow talk in the bud and shower him with good vibes. Here are seven reasons for number seven. He wears double zero now, Brooke, but I get it. You couldn't give double zero. You couldn't give infinite reasons because mellow joked that it was, or didn't joke. He very sincerely said that the double zero represented infinity. But here are seven reasons for number seven why. These are from Brooke. One, we're Portlanders. We're the original mellow city. We aren't Houston or Denver or New York. He meditates. We meditate. He's mellow. We're mellow. So play on words. That's M-E-L-O, M-E-L-O-W. That's all. That's uh, it's reads better in email than it does in this podcast, Brooke, but I'll help you out there. Number two, has there been anything new said about Mellow's game in the past five years or ten years? Let's be original. Three, our two best players love Mellow and have played arguably the best basketball of their life since Mellow has been on the team. Four, last year was pretty bleak. Mellow was a bright spot. If a negative mellow thought creeps in, just think of Mario Hazonia. Damn, how'd Mario catch a stray in this? Poor guy. Number five. We get to play drinking games based on how many different announcers use the phrase vintage mellow. Be careful with that. Six. Mellow loves us. He told the world he loves us. That doesn't happen that much. And seven. He's mellow, that face, that smile, the braids, skinny bubble mellow, hoodie mellow. He's lovable. Let's show him love. 
I want to close with this thought because I think this is sort of my biggest thing about this season. The this season has been so strange. It's um, the playing basketball amidst a global pandemic in order to satisfy television networks both nationally and regionally is bizarre. The running the running a billion dollar company and kind of pushing forward as things are normal while the games are canceled and uh, staff members and players contract a, a dangerous disease that we don't really know the long-term effects of that, that affects people very differently and has affect NBA players very differently. Um, it's, it's weird and scary and odd. And so this kind of goes with one of the things I've been preaching this season. And I'm glad Brooke wrote this is that if, if something brings you joy, cling tightly to it. And the Blazers first half of this season should bring you joy they're 21 and 14 and they win a bunch of close games. That should that should inspire you to feel the warmth and happiness. If you are someone who follows this team closely, I can't imagine that you feel bad about where they are. You might be a natural pessimist like me, but it's undeniable even if you're someone who tends towards sort of my line of thinking to have watched all these games and not say, man, this team can be a lot of fun. And Melo is a big reason for it. His lows are certainly low, and man, he will just shoot it, even on nights when he shouldn't. And he's not a good defensive player, and he doesn't like to pass. And you know, as Brooks said, we've been talking about the same things for five or maybe ten years. But when he has it going, he's still one of the great scorers in the game. A reminder that he's going to be on the top 10 list of all-time scorers not too soon. So hold tightly to your joy, as tight as you possibly can. When something brings you joy or you find a reason to love something, love someone if it's Carmelo Anthony, hold it tightly, hold it close, and don't let it go. This isn't a time in the world where... Even me, a great pessimist, says it's okay to be skeptical because we know how it ends. Screw that. Live in the moment. Appreciate stuff that makes you happy. And if Carmelo Anthony putting up 29, 22, and 16 in his last three games, those are scoring totals, not a stat line, if that brings you joy, hold tightly to it. Thank you, Brooke, for capturing the theme for the first half of this season. I want everyone, if they can, to think about something that they loved in these first 35 Blazer games and say, man, I love that. Like, Say it out loud. Think it. Feel it. Sit with it. Because chances are this... All of, the, all of our lives are still very strange. And chances are there'll be something that doesn't bring you great joy that'll lurk around the corner. So holding tightly to the things you do has never been more important. Thank you all so much for listening to me for this first half of the season. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be back next week with more shows. Uh, we'll probably do some a little bit deeper dives into the way the guys have played, some fun stat, lo- some from uh, fun looks, whew, some fun statistical analysis. I got some interesting stats that I'll pull from the first half of the season that I've already kind of been organizing. We'll do some mailbag questions. We'll, we're not going anywhere. The Blazers play again on Thursday, so we just got a couple days with no games. There won't be no, there will still be shows though. Lockdown Blazers ain't going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. So tell your friends about this podcast. What a wonderful time to hop on board. Just search Lockdown Blazers wherever you already get podcasts. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.